0: welcome to circle around on this podcast we hope to see analyze reflect and respond better to our context by asking meaningful questions that lead to better questions our conversation is aimed at helping believers make sense of their world and then reimagine a new way of responding faithfully with full presence to the challenges of our urban society we are your hosts Lusanda and Masatashua. thank you so much for joining us we hope you enjoy this episode
1: So we are drawn uh, time and time again to the significance of the incarnation of Jesus. A really important word uh, that really speaks about how God came to be with us. Mm. Uh, With us in our pain, Mm. uh, in our brokenness, in our despair, but also with us in in our joy, Mm. in our healing, in our hope. Uh, It's an important word because it speaks about how God in Jesus Christ Understand what it's like to live with the pain of a broken world, uh, but also how God in Jesus Christ gives us a, a fresh, uh, vision and a pathway towards, uh, wholeness and, and this idea of shalom, mm. uh, peace, uh, that describes how everything is functioning as God intended it to, to function. Mm. And so I want to begin by asking, uh, two questions, Lusanda, where have you seen or experienced the pain of brokenness uh, in in this world and uh and where in this week have you experienced the sense of a shalom breaking
0: through mm, well i guess for me you know just springboarding from our conversation repeatedly in the last last month actually leading up to august it always feels like there's this there's this impending like, anxiety and this angst I feel when August is about to come because I, um, I know that it's Women's Month, but also when, as a woman, you really think about Women's Month, there's a sense of um, the hard reality of what it is to have your experience as a woman in South Africa, right? Across the, all, all the different classes and ethnicities, there's a sense that Women's Month feels like a horror movie. You know, where the media tells the the, the stories of GBV yeah. and there's you know there's all kinds of things and tokenizing it and, and all kinds of things. I mean, we get into all of that, but um, it it really does make me a little bit anxious, and um, and I think it's because of the yeah the whole the whole story of August and what it means for women being quite hard. And where I have experienced shalom, I guess, um, is that we have these conversations. Um, As a married couple, I feel like there's an important dynamic that we represent, um, especially in the modern world with all of the questions around, uh, you know, the experience of women is always put on women to try to fix. But what about men coming to the conversation? So for us to um to know that we had that history of having these candid conversations about men and what they know they bring and you know the openness to ask questions and to be asked questions yeah. is it it really refreshes me and i and i feel like it really tells us it tells me at least that shalom is happening because it's a relational thing yeah. that causes us to have this conversation and also makes you vested in responding to the big world experience that women have
1: it's a nice way of saying that when, when you have your ignorance shared, <laughs> I,
0: say, yeah, no. a, I experienced shalom. And when you, yeah, no. <laughs> and when you yeah. let me ask about your ignorance, we just ask each other good questions, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, it was, a, it was quite a moment for me when I, when I guess I thought about, you know, celebrating Women's Day and, uh, you know, coming to you and saying, hey, Lusanda, um, you know, what can we do together to amplify the messages or the mm. key messages around this time and you? And seeing how we, we're just uh, coming at it from such different uh, point point of views and 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 different experiences, mm. and uh, I think that stopped me dead in my tracks to say, look, there's something I'm I'm obviously missing here, and and I need to sit down and actually listen and, and learn and, and ask you to actually just enlighten me a bit more, bring me into 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 your world, which actually should be my world uh but then you you know you so graciously created that entry point for me uh, mm. by by sharing some of your thoughts around yeah. women's month uh women's day celebration
0: yeah and i mean i was about i remember the morning it was it was 2 weeks before the end of month <clears throat> july and um i was about to share my I, I I mean I love I love social media. I love using it as a way of communicating to people. And mm. so I was about to start a thread and name it hashtag Andizzi This August <laughs> yeah. because um of the things that I was feeling. And so I had this thread put mm. out because there I just wanted to just actually share that about the sense of fatigue that I feel, right? Mm. That firstly, this August, Undezy to, you know, to this conversation that says, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to tell women. We're going to encourage women to believe in themselves and to those that are abused. We're going to tell them, you know, don't stay silent. This is where you must go when something's happened to you. But I realized that actually the sense of repetitive performing Mm. just, just just to have a decent Uh, human experience, it's actually quite exhausting for me. And so um, I was going to put out a thread that says, basically, I am it this August because I don't want um, to have this conversation repeatedly. Firstly, as a female community, to keep having this conversation with ourselves. I want men, I want to see men coming to the conversation and speaking to one another and saying, this is how I can participate in this world and look at myself and help other men to look at themselves um, and see how we've contributed to this because the world isn't the way it is you know, because women are 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 not doing something, but there's a there's a partnership in how we're all participating, and the brokenness is because everybody needs to come and put hands on deck and do something. And secondly, I was exhausted from the sense of fatigue that. I know it's gonna be the women speaking in the churches. You're gonna get the women invited yeah. to the churches. You know, yeah. everybody wants women to speak in August. And I and I appreciate that, but there's something about being a placeholder for not having the bigger conversation around um, uh, sexism and uh, mm. tokenizing women and, and putting and compartmentalizing their experiences to be a topic for August. Mm-hmm. And I feel that, um, because what I see in Genesis is that men and women are put on earth to steward and to cultivate shalom on earth together. That sense of compartmentalizing doesn't make sense for me in August and I'm really tired mm-hmm. of that. And so I was like, I'm actually not coming. I don't wanna, you know, and so I, I shared these <clears throat> things with you and I shared yeah. them as a frustration and, and the fact that we could just have that and yeah. you stopped and you're like, whoa, okay, before, cause you were about to come and say, okay, Let's fix this. How do we make it? You know, but you, we we sat down and we said, actually, maybe this is inviting us to a bigger conversation to have, also about how um, there's a hyping of the cases of not a hyping, but it's it's overly visible. Also, the media puts up these cases more. Um, we're going to hear the performance of politicians. We're going to perf- perf- uh, hear. We don't condone gender-based violence. We, we yes. don't think it's, it's good that women are being um, abused and attacked and there's all these um, statements that are gonna come out. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, then change the policies, yeah. right? I, so there's a sense where I just want to see someone else coming to the party and I didn't want to again be the placeholder for raising my voice yeah. as a woman. And I, and I just needed that, that outlet to say, peace out, I'm not coming.
1: Well, it, it stopped me uh, dead in my tracks because I realized that I also had, you know, sort of been been sold on the on the structure uh, of it,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, that that I'm thinking, yeah, that's uh, all the things that you mentioned. Those are the things which I think those are the categories uh, of expectation in terms of for what I should do as a response. So, you know, it's it's August, so I do expect politicians to come out Mm. and 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 um, and make recommitments and say things like you know this is really bad read a few statistics and say we've got to do something about it you know say a few reaffirming statements uh like we men are the problem Mm. um and then uh we're going to see you know 16 days of uh, activism Activism. uh, against you know uh, violence and abuse uh, towards women then we're going to see uh also features in magazines celebrating like uh, excellence uh, so there's going to be these female are excellence. you know female women, women right these are the women that are excelling you know in this particular sphere or these are the influential women in our society this is what we gotta honor we've got to celebrate them. Uh then of course in the church space, you know of which we we're a part of where we come from, you're gonna see also this is a perfect time for like women's conferences uh also. Yeah. Uh, as well as, uh, and then focusing on certain scriptures. Of course, you know, like yeah. your Proverbs thirty one is going to come out, and and I I could always tell, I could almost tell you even some of the 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 titles and the words, the key words that that are going to be used, like women of virtue, flourish. you know, flourish, <laughs> there <we are>. flourish, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, uh, but, but you know, and so it's almost like it's all all of this the structure. It feels so familiar. Yeah. So when you pointed it out, it was just like, wait, wh- how how did how were you so accurate in calling out this house that you know I'm so comfortable. And you're like, in. but it's beautiful. You what know? do yeah, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. So during this time, uh, a lot of us will take the, well, an opportunity as well to to raise up, to affirm, uh, to honor. You know the the women in our lives, and I guess in society as well, but. We, we understand that this is not just, uh, you know, just another public uh, holiday. Uh, mm. it, it, has a, it has a deep historical significance, right, yeah. tied to, to a story, a historical yeah. narrative. Could you, could you share maybe your thoughts and ideas about what you've been learning, what you've been reflecting on in the historical story?
0: Yeah, I mean, firstly, for me, as a person who's passionate about memory, and and how it it heals a collective i i think it's important to know why we remember this day right and i mean in another conversation maybe we can talk about how how hows this memory in particular picked and and you know but i think there's something it's significant about this one in particular because mm. of what it represented then and what it has inherited and the inheritance rather that we have obtained from it as a collective, as a nation. When these women, led by uh, Rahima Musa, Lillian Ngoyi, Helen Joseph, and Sophia Williams, were uh, representing women from FETSO, um, I think black sash women were there, and women, I mean, firstly, from different ethnicities. You saw Indian women coming with their saris to the union building. You saw Tosa women and many other traditional, um, in their traditional regalia, different cultures. They came in their traditional regalia. Some came in their black uniforms, representing particular unions, and so on and so on. There was something really important for me, firstly, when I read the story that, um, first of all, what triggered this moment was that... Um, Black women in apartheid South Africa were being given, were told that they, they, should, they had a curfew as to when they could go back to their um, allocated black spaces, right? So um, they had a time that they could spend. They could come, they could work, and then there was a, they, they had to carry passes, and then there was a curfew. They would hear this bell that basically resonated, you don't belong, go back to where you belong. Yeah. You're just here to get money, now go Back, and what these past laws did already there was already a sense of collective social brokenness that the past law communicated to the to the um to society as a whole to to black um to black Indian and colored people as a whole where it it made them feel displaced already in a place where they were a majority, but then they were already displaced, and so they had to had their move their mm. being their movement limited and so the men had already already had a very broken psyche around it. And so there was a cry from the women that said, Men, where where are you when this is happening, right? We we need we need action Mm. to happen. But then the women decided to um to take their own stand. And so Lillian Goy gathered up these women from these different places and these women all felt the same strain that these move this movement Mm. has already touched our families. It's already broken our family. Mm. Migrant labor system had already broken up African families where people had left the homelands. Mm. And um you hear the stories of women from lower crossroads Mm. who had who had moved and were not willing to leave lower crossroads because their husbands were in the hostel Mm. across the railway. But now here these women were. They were saying, it's actually not good enough for our Mm. families to be broken up like this. And then now we're struggling already economically, but now we are also being told that we also can't do something to put food on our table. Or or not only that, but we're also being limited in how we have our movement. Mm. It, It was just unthinkable. And so them gathering women from different different racial and ethnic backgrounds and saying, this affects us all. Mm. If one of us is not okay, we're actually not Not all okay. okay." And Mm. the gathering of these different women from these different um, social positionings was really, really significant for me. And so um, they went and they read, uh, so sorry, they went and they read uh, the women's charter to, to J to JJ Stradum, who was a minister. And he yeah. he ran away yeah, yeah. on that day. <laughs> I don't know away. if you heard that story. That
1: he wasn't there, yeah. That he wasn't
0: sure. there. And so yeah. they had to go back and uh, you know. But the women sat and they were unmovable. Mm. And then they chanted a song because they heard that he he had he, he was basically shunning them. They ch- they started a song. Do you, okay. you remember that song? Watindum Faz. Watindum Bogod. What does it say? What's Watindum mm. Bogod? Uzofa right you'll die yeah. you you'll die a, you, you strike, strike a, a woman, woman you strike a rock you, a rock, you mm-hmm. will be crushed yeah. you you will be killed yeah and so obviously at that time it was it was it was telling them it was telling the the powers that be mm. that you we've seen you touch our men we've seen you touch our society mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. you're messing with us if you mess with us there will be retribution and obviously um sure. how even that term has changed i mean that that day had a, was very successful, right? Yeah. Um, but now, obviously, we're looking at Women's Day today mm. and we're thinking, we're remembering that moment, yes, and everything that it's achieved for us in terms of um, the way that it just, it just had this momentum historically for us. But mm. now this term, Watintum Faizu, Watintum Bogoto, means something different
1: yeah. for so us I, today. I, I unpack that for me, because I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing today on social media, mm. I'm not your... Baloto, yeah right, and I'm seeing that, yeah, and I'm thinking about how how different it is from this uh historic moment oh, that, that you, yeah. you, you you're describing. could you unpack how uh how how that that term came to be to be to be disconnected from the story or how it's changed uh, as well as thinking through how have women i guess in in been storied i guess as as mm. to to the point where we're seeing a lot more black women, in particular, saying, "I'm not, I'm not your imbo, imbo imbo imbo. Auto.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, Latsy, um Historically, when colonization happened, the idea that um, a lot of people that were doing medicine and they were doing science and trying to find out about the Africans, um, there was this myth about the resilience of African people. Um, And so experiments would be done on them. In particular, black women, um, African women, experiments would be done on them. And the idea was that they've got a high threshold for pain. But, I I mean, when you already dehumanise a person, um, you don't think of them as fully human anyway. You can have a very demeaning idea of what they can take and what they can't take because you don't see their sensitivity as the one of someone who's of your kin, right?
1: Mm. And
0: so that would obviously morph and develop as society grows to... Um, kind of valorize and um, mythologize the strength right. of black people, but in particular of the black woman. Women, right. um, and so what has happened, I mean, you hear a lot, a lot she's a strong oh, black woman, yeah, yeah. but what, do, what does it mean? Mm. She can put up with nonsense. Mm. Or she's resilient, but that means there's a lot of things that people wouldn't put up with, but that she can put up with and obviously black women don't find themselves in one economic setting, mm. in different economic settings, but the idea is that you can put a lot in them and they don't break. Right. So it, it's almost like an insult to, to, resili- to, the, to resilience. Mm. And so it, it's, there's this expectation that you, you're, not, you're not as human and so there's this, this lack of sensitivity to, mm. to their sensitivity and and the kind of sure. softness that they can have the way in which they can be treated mm. like a human that if they if they have rage why are you angry mm. right so i came across this image um on the internet and uh, it was this image of uh, this african woman mm. um she had a baby on her back her face looked quite contorted and she looked exhausted the expression was exhaustion um and uh she had six hands, so she's bent over, but she has like six hands. Obviously, the illustrator is trying to show that she's doing many things at the mm. same time. So the one hand was washing a child, the one hand was cooking a meal, the one hand was cleaning the floor, the one hand was making a fire, and the other hand was taking care of, um, of a sick husband. And the caption was, oh, how I long for uh, the good old African woman. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, actually, this is how people the, people actually praise that sense of exhaustion this this image of a woman as a beast of burden mm-hmm. right uh, uh, of a of of a woman who's exhausted who looks like she needs a break but she probably won't get it and um and i mean if i if i have to mention there that like part of part of my um I remember I, I did a, a visual poem, but there was something there in, that, in that, at the beginning of that poem where we speak about how um, women's lives. Uh, we have to talk about that and see how we mm. we we can have a we 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 understand that dynamic and what it what it means, the impact of that dynamic, the sense of indenture that women um, mm. often experience, how they live their lives indented to men in relationship to to their To men, So, for instance, a woman will be Miss, I have to declare if I am Miss or Mrs, because I've got to declare my relationship to a man, where you don't have to say if you're married or not. Like, Mr is just Mr, it's it's just your title, right? And so there is, you know, in a way that's really innocuous, it's innocent, it doesn't, you know, but what Mm. it creates is this sense of, um, if left alone, it can create this understanding that we are always proxy. Mm. Women are always proxy, and so um, there's an effect to this relationship and how men mm. experience uh, women experience them have their experience within relationship and so there's 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 obviously this uh, long cultural experience of uh, women having their lives as indentured bodies mm. as uh, as as proxy bodies and I think if we look at genesis one we we came to the picture together right mm. um Yet I find that instead of asking us questions that say, "How do we go back to that, to that, to that proxy where this the relation, the relationship, is is full of goodness, mm. as opposed to um, the sense of in in danger, but you're here for me to help me flourish," um, mm. I'm I'm curious about that and I'm and I long for that conversation. Um, I mean, in in particular, the way that I I see this happen is when. Um, the silencing. There's a silencing of advocacy around these things, particularly from religious institutions. I'm seeing more and more churches stand up and do things practically to give voices to people that have been um, abused or people that have haven't been treated well by the institution or people. People that are members of churches. People are learning more how to how to support women that are that have been silenced. And um, yet, also, what I would love to see on top of that is is that women they're not having to be apologists that that just say no the church isn't sexist while we know that we we experience sexism um we can defend that the bible or the god of the bible that god loves women and that god is not a sexist god or that jesus is not a sexist savior however what we experience is sexism from you know from people within the institution and i feel that there's, there's, a, there's an opportunity to see how to go back to Shalom, to see how we can be humanized mm. as women and humanize ourselves by saying, I'm not in Bogoto. Mm. I want to I feel, I want to I ex- experience empathy with mm. you and to steward this world together with you in that healthy relationship.
1: Your words are so powerful. When, when you say beasts of burden, um, mm. they, they invite me... Um, and I know this is deliberate, as a, that's what you do as a, as a poet, uh, you, you, I feel invited to, 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 to see things in a much deeper sense that I would have, and in this case, the imposition of some of the tools that we, we read about, that were employed by the colonial uh, project mm. uh, towards black people, and so the similarities between those tools... And the tools that we have adopted and accepted, and normalised that are being employed towards women in particular, uh, and to from from understanding right back then that, well, imbaroto uh, came from a particular context. Yeah, that we even, context We've, we've yeah. even taken that. We don't even say what well, tintum faz anymore. We we. We talk about wembo water, so we, we, we are a rock.
0: you're a rock. right so, so it's even divorced okay, from yeah. its
1: context, yeah. uh, but it, it has come to to justify, just like mm. during that time uh, how you know I, I don't have to think about the unjustness of my behavior mm. if mm. I can co- uh, continuously praise or or, or, um, mm. or prop up you know your ability to to, to endure, to, to, to endure right? yeah, the effects yeah. of, of my just behavior. And but this is this the the tools. I mean, they are just so comparable mm. uh, here, and and I think it's such an appropriate even the right down to the language. It's it's almost the language of of, of slavery mm. uh, to talk about you know uh, a beast of burden, mm. and to think in 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 what ways have have we normalized these bells that tell women in hey. today's term. Hey. Uh, in today's spaces, you don't belong here. You don't here. belong here. Right, in go what, in what ways you. do we still have these bells manifesting in the church, in the workspace, in, you know, in social media, wherever it is that tell women, this is your curfew, this is your boundary, this mm. is your, this is, uh, you cannot longer, you can't, you can't exist here so legitimately, good. and you, you, you've got to go back to your place. Hmm. Um, it gets me to ask, what is, uh, what, is, what is my role in terms of passivity in okay. in, 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 in the story? Uh, when when women are facing all sorts of injustices yeah. right now in a society. Yeah. And furthermore, when women stand up, right, when, when, when women stand up to say uh, to, to, to say enough is enough you know, where am I in that story? Am I coming to co-op the story, you know, in, in, in August to come and participate in, in, in just the taglines, right? Because I like the taglines. I'm just coming to sample that so that I can, there's a cost feel, to it I can feel she, yeah. better, right? I can, mm. I can, but I don't understand even the context the co- yeah. where, you know, of the rallying cry. I take it and I morph it to justify my comfort in the space, right? Mm. To say I'm a good, I'm a good person, see, so I understand I'm speaking the same language. As you, in Bogoto, right? You're yeah. in Bogoto, you know, that, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And, so, and so, yeah, so I think all the way through, of course, understanding now, right, at the end of it, I'm the beneficiary, you're the beast of burden. Sure. That, that after all of this journey, you know, that the end result is we've got two different experiences yeah. of our world. It's a really provoking set of questions. Mm. Uh, one of them being, I guess, when I, when I watch, you know, how it's easy for me to call out unjust behavior when it's directed towards me. But it becomes shocking for me when those patterns, you know, those tools that have been used against me are actually um, called out in me in terms of how I benefit when they're used against other people or how I employ them, mm. you know, against and other in people. In a sexist way, when, it, when you've Correct. been sexist. Yeah, so, so, it, it, so the question is, 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 how do we live consistently, I guess, so that we, we see injustice for what it is in all its forms, even when it's not necessarily directed towards us, even when we are beneficiaries mm. of injustice? How do we see it? How do we call it out? Uh, how do we distance ourselves from it? Uh, how do we understand it to to also dehumanize us, even if it's not directly disadvantaging us mm. in that sense. But there's something that you said um earlier, you know, when you talk about, you know, that uh the God of the Bible is not is not sexist, and that it is as us men who who read you know our prejudice into, into the scriptures uh, mm. that we it is us men who who read out women from the text or yeah. who who use the Bible uh, for our own sort of sexist agendas. Um, but how do we begin to to navigate uh, this this uh, this dichotomy mm. where on on the one hand you've got the Bible that can be used as a tool for oppression oppressing women and on the other hand you've got the bible that can be used as a tool to liberate Liberate, women
0: um well i think i'm gonna try so what, what one of the things that have at least helped me as a as a woman to understand um god and um and how and how the bible should be read as a text is firstly that um I realize that actually we see that in the Bible itself, that the Bible, it outs its own heroes, first of all. Mm. That in the Bible uh, we, we see God engaging imperfect humans and using imperfect humans. But when those same heroes in the Bible, when they, when they experience their fallenness and their brokenness and they themselves enact the injustice that at some point they may have been used to either, um, to either subvert or what, wherever they are, I guess, in the, in the big story that the Bible is trying to tell, the Bible calls them out, right? I think if it was a, if it was a tool to try and um, give a particular agenda, I don't think we would see David being a father who is not responsive to how his own daughter is, is raped yeah. by his own son. I don't think we would see David um, use and um, use and and use his power firstly uh, to take advantage of Bathsheba. We wouldn't yeah. see those stories. We wouldn't see stories of um of people like Noah, Moses, and all these different heroes of the Bible actually disappointments, right? We wouldn't see them being called out. And so I can at least trust that the Bible is is definitely not something that's trying to show the men in particular in the Bible that are aligned with God as being these, these stars that are perfect, but the the star in the Bible is God Himself, who continues to wrestle with imperfect human beings. Mm. And we see that also He is able to call out injustices in all different types of nations. He sees it in Tyre, he sees it in Sidon, he sees it in Babylon, he sees it in this chosen community that he speaks through in the Bible that he uses mm. to bring the Messiah of the world. And so we see, so I've seen that the Bible is an important ancient text that shows us how God created this perfect world and how human. Humans in choosing to become like God but without God create empires, and uh, they create um, a counterfeit of a world with shalom, but these sh- these, these relationships are mitigated with um, with patronage and power and hierarchy and, um, and ordering the world in such a way that the ones that are at the bottom, they serve the ends of the ones that are at the top. And there's a benevolent sense of goodness that the ones at the top give to the ones at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so we see God show us that this is the world that we tend to make. But then he still brings a central figure of the story and this man, Jesus, subverts all of those things. And we're going to go a little bit later into all of that. So I wanted to say the way in which we could see that the Bible has been used as a tool, as a tool of oppression is firstly understanding that if somebody can take a, a, a story yeah. that exposes mm. what human beings do, in trying to play God, what mm. they do on a relational level, but also what they do on a systemic level. When they use that tool, that same Bible is mm. actually exposing what is in their own hearts. Wow. That that Bible is a witness against them in terms of what they do as well. And so, um, and I, I think it actually is an indictment on us as human beings and what we do, even with a sacred text that mm. calls out behavior like ours. And so, mm. as a woman, I know that that this God who tells me the stories of what human does, this can't be a God who's going to close his eyes. He's going to be a God, a God who exposes mm. the things that we experience. And so he sees exactly what it is that we experience. But of course, like I said earlier, he's not the one that's raping us. He's not mm. the one that is, um, that is, that is um, oppressing women. Mm. Humans do that. Mm. And I think that's what the Bible is trying to say, is that humans are sexist humans are, are, are oppressive. They, they do this. And that's why we need him to help us to be human better. And so for me, I want I to at least highlight and leave, leave, leave this, 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 this um, or, or rather to create space for two important questions. There's a lot that's at stake when we don't see the Bible as a living document. Mm. Right. Um, one that helps us see that it's a sacred text, yes, but that it's a, it's a living document that always calls us to a faithful response now, yeah. mm. right? And I love that when, just before Jesus left the earth, he says, I'm not leaving you as orphans, I'm gonna leave mm. um mm-hmm. the advocate, mm-hmm. the one who's gonna teach you, who's gonna show, um, show you, and he's gonna show you and he's gonna teach you the things um, that God is doing, that God, that, that God is saying. So we have this person of God who's come, Mm. right? Jesus came and He incarnated, but now the Holy Spirit is creating a a global incarnation in all of us by coming to be with us on the inside, so we can know God, and Mm. we can know what He expects, and how to come back to Shalom. Mm. And so that for me means that the Bible, if it's treated as a text that stays static, we have to ask, who is it staying static for? Mm. When it's when I understand that God is unchanging, but how it should be applied and how it should be seen to, t- to touch particular contexts, mm. to touch particular stories. Mm. If there's a universalizing of what it means, I have to ask, mm. why is there this, like, this blanket
1: mm.
0: application of what God could be saying in very different things? Should we not see that the text is, is alive mm. and it's a person, Mm. Right, rather than words and rules that that make us stuck in 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 not knowing how to keep seeing how to respond to God mm. in the now, right, but not only that, um, how do we frame with precision um what 's at stake when we also don't see people as mm. living text that this is where God is wanting to also act, this is where God is also wanting to to play out. Mm the way his word is supposed to be enacted, mm. right? There's, there's something at stake when we don't see humans also as a, as a place of response, that the Bible is not just a book for us to read to be okay, but how we read the Bible is also going to affect other bodies that are around us. Right. So we should ask ourselves a that question. That's why I always say, um, when we ask the question, is God sexist? Mm. We should rather, the better question to ask is, how is a community of God bearing witness to a God who, who says, I've made both men and women in my mm. image? How, how is that community treating the bodies that are, that are, that are here now? Mm. And so then when I go then to the actual, um, the center of the story, the one that holds this whole thing together, when I go to Jesus, I go to the text to see where Je- how is Jesus treating women? Mm. This is where I, I I find hope in the fact that I know that my God sees me. He sees my story. He sees the pain. He sees how the community of men in our world are responding. Mm. Because I see God subverting sexism. He's there lifting up the woman who's the only one who's caught in adultery. And the men we don't know about the man, right? Mm. But he stands up for her. Mm. Um, Jesus is the one that is saying... Um, we know when there's that party at at Simon's house and this woman who's obviously been impacted by his message in his life, she comes and she lavishly worships him. Mm. Everyone else is judging her based on her, maybe her work, her reputation Mm. and her gender, that she's not not in a space where she belongs. The bell had already cried. She didn't Mm. belong there, Mm. but she's in a man's space, but she's here to bring her softness and her tenderness and her tears Mm. in a place where it's not welcome. And here Jesus actually helps him to see Mm. that he sees her. And he asks them, do you see her? Mm. He makes her visible in a place that would naturally make her invisible. He talks to a Samaritan woman, whereas a rabbi, a male rabbi, he's not supposed to. right? The bell was ringing at that time Mm. when the disciples were like, okay, this show is over. You're not even supposed to be talking to a woman, much less this woman of this race. Mm. right?" And he calls it out. He calls out the... Their, um, their tribalism it calls out their sexism at the same time. and we, So every time I see Jesus, he's subverting the things that we do. Mm. And so that's where I feel that we have to ask ourselves a question. Mm. If Jesus was here now, and I believe that he is, he's in our hearts, he's helping us know how to respond now um, as a living word in us. And so the question is, what what? How do you bear witness as mm. a man, mm. with that, with that spirit of Jesus in you, the spirit of the whole, you know his whole his own spirit in you? How does it help you to bear witness in the world, when you see a messaging that benefits you, but you know, it's going to frame a woman in a particular way? When you have to look at um, applications for sure. employment, when you have to look at um, who seems credible in in, in terms of their. Um, what is that the, the information that they give who's most likely to be considered mm. credible and what discredits them mm. you know oh, and when you see somebody saying oh yeah but they're always emotional how do you bear witness That's amazing yeah
1: yeah the 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 weight of your questions um especially when you're asking them in relation to how i as a man represent you know god's word uh as as a witness mm. um that that feels that feels heavy because, um, you know, in, in 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 one sense, I get to 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 start asking what what is at stake when when I treat the text, you know, as a as an ancient thing, as a as a, as a static thing, yeah. um, and try and adapt the stories modern day stories modern day context, according to its storied context, as opposed yeah, to yeah, yeah, uh, doing the work to actually see how God speaks today in mm-hmm. in 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 our stories um, but also how how i see I see myself reflected in 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 the progression i think that you 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 're describing here mm-hmm. where um where the text itself can 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 um, that it, it contains both elements, like you're saying, where we we are learning so 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 much, uh, and and we preach, you know, as men, maybe the stuff that makes us comfortable about our heroes. I think that's what touched me the most. Yeah. You talk about our heroes, but not necessarily the stuff that. That um, that is clearly in the text, right? That's clearly highlighted in there. The faults of our heroes, the sexist behavior of our heroes. It, it, God doesn't hide that; He puts it in there, and we understand that what He puts in there—that's what those are the lessons He wants us to to learn now, as you called it. It calls for a faithful response yeah. now. But by airbrushing, or you know, um, not emphasizing, I guess, yeah. uh, uh, some of those aspects that we don't like, uh, we then miss out on an opportunity to actually learn the full extent exactly. of God's word. Yeah. Uh, and, and therefore we, we miss out on what is a faithful response now yeah. During, yeah. during these times when you are, when you are challenging yeah. us in, 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 in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what a journey through looking at our heroes, our biblical heroes, holistically that would, that would through through the eyes uh, of what I guess the Spirit is calling mm. us out on now might look like, even mm. when, we, when we look into, into the text. Yeah. I wonder what that, yeah. what that journey looks like. Absolutely. Desanda, where do we go to from here?
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess my love, um, it's about having... I think now all we need to do is to have a conversation that sees and they, uh, analyzes and points to another story. In scripture, mm. right, um, the one that talks about, that helps us to see the importance and the visibility of women mm. in scripture, um, and also how they they get tokenized, mm. in, you know, in scripture. Because those things are there. Like I said, it's it's a book that shows us what we tend to do and mm. get honest about those things. Um, how how do we how do men move from just acknowledging that women are oppressed, Kim? you guys are oppressed, you know, there's this uncritical posturing and you declare, I think, the things that you think women want to say, but, you know, men form their own language Mm. of trying to find power with each other, you know, Mm. with women. Because the the end game for me, again, is Genesis 1, Mm. going back to Genesis 1. Um, Because in Genesis 1, before the, before the, because the there is power together to look after and tend the earth, mm. and see the earth as a household together. Mm. And um, there's something about the household that that gets softened to be something that's a woman's thing. But when we think about mm. earth as 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 oikos, mm. it's a home. It's something that we tend together. And mm. I think um, not only going back. Uh, yeah, find having those conversations yeah. where you have the conversations. You find the language yeah. um, of what it looks like to to gain that sense of wholeness, that a whole, full momentum together yeah. to tend and look after the earth. You know, and I and I think obviously the world um, is going to be built along this imagination of us against them. Mm. You know, girl gang against the boy gang. And it, it, it's really unhelpful, isn't it? It's mm. impractical and it's tiring, it tires us. Um, but I feel that there's something about being brought back to the tenderness of sitting beautifully together mm. and, um, and, 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 and wanting to contend for, you know, because there's something that gets humanized in, in, in the male community when they know how to celebrate and not tokenize their sisters. Mm. Something gets made alive when um, I always say, even with racism, you know, when a racist gets healed of their self idolatry it 's not just the person who who experiences their racism that 's going to be healed, but it 's them too, because there's something about 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 sin that 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 breaks the the person who 's doing it, not just the person that they mm. do it against mm. right and so I think it's the same with this uh, with this male female dynamic that something gets humanized and gets brought back. Yeah. To being okay again, and um, everybody then gets brought back to being healed again. Mm. You know, so um, I I I want to know what it means to be uh, what First Peter two verse five calls living stones. If you mm. don't mind me, I'm just reading that portion. Mm. Mm. Um, in First Peter two, verse five. Mm. Um, maybe let me start from verse four. It Says, as you come to Him, the living mm. stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house mm. to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. And uh, and obviously the the context of this is taken from from uh, from from from, from from the Old Testament, where it's describing how Jesus would have been rejected by um, by his own communities, he would have been the stone that the builders rejected. That's now become the cornerstone. And now here, um, the 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 apostle is actually writing about Jesus being the chief cornerstone of 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 uh, of this house. This is the body of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And that body of Christ is not either a male or a female body. It's a body made up. Of male, of male and female, people together being living stones. And there's something about the livingness of the stone, mm. that the stones are made alive. Mm. They're made in tune. They're made aligned. Mm. Again, I believe firstly with God, mm. and there's a restoration of that shalom. And our spirits are quickened to understand how it is to be fully human Mm. and we see the vestedness Mm. in you being healed, in me being healed, in creation being healed, our children and our families Mm. being made fully alive so that we can be here to look after this earth. And And there's something about just this juxtaposition of Imbogodo right, something that doesn't feel. It's something that um, is hard and leprous, it's cold, it doesn't feel anything, but it can take things, right? Mm. At one stage, historically, that idea of Mbokoto is the thing that will crush you when you don't listen to it. But, in mo- you know, and, and, I, and, and I see this image, again, like if I think about what that means now, after years mm. of being made invisible, you know, we hear the cry, we fight for you, Men, we fight for you, Mm. but you don't come and fight for us when the same system that oppresses you and oppresses us, you don't speak up for us. In fact, it's you who hurt Mm. us, right? But now when I read this word and I hear that actually God doesn't give up on this plan on making Mm. us a home and a household Mm. on the earth from a different kingdom, a home and a household that builds something together, but we're not mm. just stones that are inanimate and they feel nothing. Yeah. We're living stones and mm. we're made alive by God, for God, right? And alive also to to be a blessing to each other, mm. right? Because if I'm okay, you're okay. And when you're okay, I'm okay too.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, so just to be... Um yeah just to understand also um just the challenge yeah that i gather you 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 love jesus I love you. you don't have a problem with jesus yeah. <laughs> it's uh you, you 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 have a problem with us men who claim him um who ought to be witnesses faithful witnesses to him pointing to him, showing how amazing he is um when we Instead of doing that, um, I guess just do the exact opposite, um, where people can be put off Jesus by looking at us if we were the only text that they mm. were engaging with, if we were the only portrait mm. of Christ that they were engaging with. Uh, and so the need to ask ourselves questions, in in what ways am I representing or misrepresenting the person of Christ? Uh, in In what ways am I... Part of the problem when I look into society and I see there's a tokenization, there's a marginalization, there's a paying lip service on Women's Day, uh, you know, on uh, on Women's Month. Um, in what ways am I am I part of just perpetuating some of those those things that would not actually show show uh, Jesus or line with Jesus? Um, in what ways am I still um in in some cases implementing those bells in other cases benefiting Mm. from those bells that tell Mm. women that uh they don't have a legitimized they, they don't have a legitimate um you know um reason to to exist in certain spaces um that put boundaries and tell them that their place is in such and such where god has not placed them there uh, but we have in our society done that uh what is my role in in uh in reading scripture and not just um you it's know okay. just seeing it as a like as a superficial engagement mm, i guess mm. uh but interrogating deeper just not wanting to okay look i shouldn't be sexist uh look i shouldn't uh, treat women bad but actually interrogate and say, look, it's, 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 it's one thing that even if I were not to be the one who is doing these things, but that's a standard is much higher than that. Yeah. Is what am I doing to participate with Jesus in, 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 on his mission to, to, um, to fix his broken cosmos, mm-hmm. to, 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 towards that vision of shalom and, and, and wholeness? In what ways do these conversations play out, not only in the public, but in the private, in, private. in the home? What, what is my responsibility to uh to be to be honest and to be always willing to change. Uh what is my what is my um you know uh, a responsibility when it comes to then reflecting these uh in my spaces, particularly in the church where I'm coming from, uh where this, the space where I'm most comfortable in, where if uh these issues are so comfortable, but then they don't reflect Jesus. Then where is Jesus? Mm. Um, because, because I could not see him or understand him sitting so comfortably in the pews next to me when I'm treating women in a way that would not uh, at all sit well with him. Mm. Uh, how do I see Jesus? Not only in the text, but transforming my heart, mm. but also transforming uh, community. Where, how, do I, how do I see him in all three context yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so we come full, full circle, circle again <laughs> as we think about uh, these issues but thank you so much Luciana, for opening this up um, for the journey that you've taken me through us through and uh, for for challenging me with these amazing questions
0: thank you my for listening Thank you so much for sitting and coming full circle with us. Our conversation and growth as people of faith is ongoing. And so we'd love to keep journeying with you. I'll circle around family, seeing how we can keep our cycle of faith, action and reflection continuing. So follow our Instagram accounts and join us next week as we continue circling around.